0: Nails to actually open it because my nail oh, lady nails are so pretty. Oh, I hate them. They're
1: cute. I said, I, like I said,
0: them. I want them a little bit more round. And then she cuts off the both sides of my nails to create talons. So now I have talons for fingernails.
1: Oh, love, <sighs> my nails are still sporkly That. oh you could scratch an eye out with I, that. I you know.
0: I can't. I can't scratch anything because I keep cutting myself.
2: I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to
0: Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome.
1: Wine is a double one time drive. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. What are well, we doing today, Chelsea? We're having an emergency... Hold on. I'm having an emergency because my recording levels are so high. We're having an emergency <laughs> episode, Emily, because so many people in our industry are concerned about I what's was going say, on. Pissed. They are pissed. <laughs> they are concerned. They are excited, some of them. So I wanted to get, I, I demanded that we do an emergency episode about what's happening with actors equity. Yeah,
0: um this is a Chelsea Chelsea demand
1: episode. I'm like, okay. Chelsea demands when Chelsea demands, we do things, we do things, we do the things. (laughs) So I I've like seen nothing but responses from the acting community on this good, bad, ugly. And we asked people, what did you think about all this? And we actually have some pretty interesting responses. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily, what are you drinking? I am drinking Dr. Pepper and rum. How much rum is
0: in there compared to the Dr. Pepper?
1: We don't ask that question Emily.
0: <laughs> I just did. I Thank just you.
1: I just got back from vacation, so we don't ask that question. I'm still
0: in like vacation drinking mode.
1: Yes, I, I am. Love hey,
0: I love Emily. it. Emily. Hey, Chels.
1: What are you drinking? I'm drinking
0: Underwood Rosé bubbles that I bought from Trader Joe's. It's actually what not it bad. Is? I'm not, I'm like I'm I really wanted rosé and I didn't put any in my fridge, and mm-hmm. I see this little colorful can in the back of my fridge and I'm like, "I wonder what that is."
1: And I pulled it out I'm like it's <laughs> it looks good
0: skip, let's skip like the
1: actual let's wine skip wine the actual wines jump right on in I asked a bunch of people equity non-equity how they felt about give Go us ahead. opinions all that you got yeah. and if you're if you're um not familiar with what's happening right now equity actors equity association is where all of the actors go. That's that's our union. Emily and I are not a part of Actors' Equity because it's really hard to become no, yet union. because it's really hard to become a part of, of equity here in Houston. There's only a few yes. houses. And in order to, in the past, in order to become a union, you have to have 25 hours of union work or of, of a, at a house where they provide the contracts for equity. And that's really hard to do here in Houston. That's something you do in New York. Um, so yeah. for us here in Houston, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to try to pursue that unless the intent was to move to New York. So, yes. and that's, that's kind of the dream, you know, so that's been the rule in the past, or you can get into equity. You can become an act an uh, AEA member through Agma, And I'm like, there's a
0: lot of routes happening. So for layman's term, AKA people who were actually never educated on any of this, such like me who went to school for biology Mm -hmm. and came out having heard of equity when I graduated college and then just hoped for the best since moving to Houston and educated myself in some ways. I know a lot more about SAG than I do equity. So Mm -hmm. tell me, what is AGMA?
1: AGMA is for the choristers essentially. Okay. Um, so choristers union, uh, more operatically. So Houston grand opera offers AGMA contracts to their choristers. Okay. So it's like choir singers, essentially is it musicians. Is that the musician? No, the musicians union is different. Okay. There's also a musician's union. Um, and that's not hard to get into. Um, you just have to pay your dues. No, and I my What's ex that? husband my ex husband was in the the musicians union. It it wasn't too very difficult to get into. You have to be paid professionally as a musician, and you have to pay certain dues. So with actors' equity, it is harder to get into. Like AGMA, I I was offered one show through Houston Grand Opera as a chorister, and immediately I qualified for AGMA. Okay. I would just have to sign up and pay dues. So with actors,
0: uh huh. Purely, so it is purely like you have to do a professional gig at a theater that does qualify yeah not necessarily with that contract but to do like one show with them on a on a contract and you get signed just like the music uh union where the musicians union where if you do a professional gig where you get yeah as as far as
1: i know i might be completely wrong and y'all can correct me on that i i have not done that kind of research (laughs) today for this episode but i know for actors equity you can get into Actors' Equity through AGMA if you are mm-hmm. an AGMA member. And some people have done that. Um, somebody we're gonna hear from later today, actually, I believe transitioned and did that. Um, but if you're just fresh off the fresh off the college boat, boat and you are trying to get Actors' Equity in New York uh, or wherever you're trying to do regional theater, um, you need 25 hours or 25 points, every hour is a point of Professional work through a company that offers equity contracts in order to qualify, and you have to pay dues in a certain amount of time, and then keep up paying those dues. So um, by hours
0: you mean weeks. You have to have twenty five. Oh, is it?
1: Oh, it is weeks. It's You're weeks. Right. It's. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, it's weeks. So I'm sorry. Yes, that's why it's so difficult because it's twenty five mm-hmm. weeks of work, not hours. I apologize. That that's would be lot was like it's a little easier. <laughs> so 25 weeks of work with an with an equity something or another. So if you get a gig that's only four week contract, you've got four points yes. towards equity. And it it builds slowly. So to actually qualify for equity has been really difficult in the past. It used to be 50 and they lowered it to 25. And so with equity, if you're an equity member, you are first in line, you get to, to, at the auditions, you have to be seen. You cannot be typed out, which typing out is they look at your headshots and they just say, nah, throw them away. You don't fit the type of character we think we'd like to see anyway, whether you're talented or not. So equity has to be seen. And so now what the big deal is, is that anybody who has ever been paid by a quote unquote professional theater, is now eligible for equity, no matter what. With Actors Equity, of course, there's always need for chorus people at the the ECCs, but the EPAs are always cutthroat, you know.
0: So let's let's go ahead and decipher that for layman's terms. I'm sorry, ECC, <laughs>
1: Equity Chorus Call versus yes. Equity Principal Actor EPA and notice.
0: Equity is at the top of both of those acronyms. Yes. That's why it's so important. I'm I'm speaking to the people who, who, are, who don't know any of yeah, this. Who, I, know, like, I,
1: I picked this up when I was in New York. I was like, yeah. oh, what's an EC? There's a lot of
0: acronyms. <laughs> There's a lot also, of acronyms. Let's talk about, so like
1: AEA, right? Uh-huh, Actors AE- Equity Association. That's the actual yes. union itself.
0: So AEA is... Actors Equity Association. And so when you're an AEA candidate, you're just a candidate, meaning you have some points or eligible to get points. Also known as
1: equity. EMC, Equity, equity, equity Member em- Candidate.
0: Yes, yeah. EMC. So there's so AEA, EMC, if you hear AEA, that is equity.
1: <laughs> EMC, that's a candidate. That's for a equity. Candidate. You've almost got all the points. EPA is, um, Auditioning for a lead. Yes. And ECC is auditioning for chorus. And so, you can
0: be non-union and audition for those, but you but you may have, not be seen. Exactly. So waiting in line for 6,000 hours and yes. then getting to the front of the line, they'd be like, mm, we don't need you.
1: Yeah. No, there was That's
0: entirely possible.
1: Here's an example of something that really sucked. And an EMC member, equity member candidate um, at one of the auditions I went to, I think it was for Frozen. She was first in line in the non-equity in the non line because she's still technically non-equity, but you get yeah. to you put yourself down as EMC. Um, she was first in line. So that means if a slot is open where an equity member doesn't show, then you get to jump right in. She was first in line for that slot, went to the bathroom and they called her name. <gasps> and she got moved to the back of the line because she wasn't there when they called her name. If you're equity... They have to see you whether or not you miss your time slot or not. You can show up at four o'clock and be like, yeah, I had a shift at work, I'm sorry. And they have to see you still. So being EMC, being non-equity gives us a huge, huge disadvantage. So now equity has decided to open up all equity availability. You can become an equity member right now today if you can prove that you've been paid by a theater. So Emily and I both could apply for equity membership right now but the sticker for both of us the stinger here is that we both the live stickers. in Houston the sticker, <laughs> the, the sticker stinger here and the stinger <laughs> the stinger here is that both Emily and I live in Houston right now for now and um In Houston, uh, whereas any other regional theater or even in New York, a lot of the equity theaters like to reuse the same people. So the equity contracts that they have available are few and far between for thousands and thousands of members. So for us, if we were to take equity and remain in Houston, there's a high chance that we won't get hired at an equity house as a performer. And uh, alongside that, if you are equity, you cannot work for any other house that is paying that doesn't offer equity contracts. So if you're a performer, you cannot make money. And that's actually, I reached out a bunch of people responded or a couple of people responded. And that was one of the things that was top of the list, her number one complaint. Um, but I, we heard from one of our good friends, Mikey, Ah, and I want to read his response. Mikey I'm, Beverelli. Mikey Beverelli. From Barry Brown. I love
0: him. I'm going to go ahead and put a caveat here. I am very neutral in this whole situation. <laughs> I know you are. Because we are trying to find the fair and balanced voice.
1: Equity is claiming that yes. this is a, a a push for inclusion. But yes. from every every equity member that I've seen, there's maybe one person that has said publicly on Facebook or Instagram that that they're for it. All the other equity members are saying very negative things like um this is not this has nothing to do with inclusion. inclusion. This has everything to do with a money grab.
0: Yes. So meanwhile our non equity members, such as us, us uh, <laughs> are obviously there's there's a clear like, oh, this is there's, your easy shot in. And yeah, so this
1: is an exciting thing for us. Yes. And, um, and
0: many other non equity members, including the non equity members that it think was it was meant to open up for.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So we'll like, so the idea, let me go ahead and say this. The idea for this inclusion is it's BIPOC inclusion is mm-hmm. that there aren't as many, or there historically has not been as many roles for BIPOC actors, thus not having the ability to cast them and give them opportunities to be in a show. Um, where, and so, so they don't have points like, or is a majority, a lot of BIPAC actors don't have, have points because it, there just hasn't been opportunity, but uh-huh. so now they're creating opportunity to push them to the front of the line. If they do show up to a show or to an audition, uh, particularly an audition that requires or does or has listed in the character description, white people, because uh-huh. even if they are not white and they show up, they still have to be seen. Right. Um, and I think there, there are shows, I mean, I talk about this a lot. There are shows where like color historically, the color is going to matter such as hairspray, but there are other shows where as long as the story is being told, the story is being told. Right. Um, and I think this is also an opportunity for equity and this might be their argument, which I haven't actually read anything. Chelsea's this, <laughs> Chelsea's this in, is in my voice. Lo-
1: you're, you're correct. This is along yeah. the line of their argument, but I think I think they might be going about it the wrong way. And that's, and that's where we're general idea that I've heard from everybody else. Yeah.
0: So let's hear from Mikey.
1: So Mikey says, I'm really mixed about this. I'm pro the idea of unions and I love that they're moving to this more inclusive model, but at the same time, it feels like a money grab with the timing. It will be interesting to see how this plays out with non equity houses. Are they going to potentially have a contract that works more with their budget? I've known some artistic directors who couldn't even afford to hire themselves as equity actors in charge of a non-union company in a show that they themselves produced due to the cost of the contracts. It feels like there are a lot of moving pieces, and in the end, I'm hesitantly positive that we will work if everyone plays nice. The former attitude I got from AEA of non-union is that they're non-professional. That rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I think that needs to be addressed as well.
0: Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, okay, Mikey, I hear you. I'm with you. i see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you.
1: Interesting, interesting thoughts on that. Um, I have another person who wrote in and they would like to remain anonymous. I'm going to try to word this the best uh, that I can. Cause it's, it's, it's a rant. Cause this person was mad. So. Our our anonymous person number one says, here's my opinion. I really feel like this is a cash grab. This person is equity. I heard that they were trying to get this approved pre-pandemic, but the timing is a little too convenient considering those of us pushing back on them by not paying our dues because of the effed up shit they pulled during the pandemic. (laughs) This is something that uh, Trevor's gonna talk about too later on today. they still have not had an open discussion or fixed any of the things that happened during the pandemic they couldn't even figure out how to operate during that time so how are they going to operate uh in, in a now oversaturated market because here's the thing i personally took my card because i thought it was going to open doors for me specifically with the goal of moving to new york A lot has happened over the years and I wasn't able to move and it shot me in the foot because I haven't worked quote unquote professionally since I did the one show that got me my contract. Though I still go to these auditions that are equity, nothing's come of it. But the theaters here in my town already have their quote unquote set group of equity actors that go. Meanwhile, there are now non-equity theaters That are reaching out to me, and I'm not able to take any contracts with them because I'm not supposed to as an equity member. This is exactly what I see happening with this giant influx of actors joining. But here's what fucks me up it's the only priority. If the only priority is that they have to prove that they have worked professionally by proving that they were paid in some capacity, then why can't equity actors work as long as they are being paid in some capacity? That's a good point. Hmm. That's a good point. So like the equity, the equity rules are that if you're equity, you can't take a non-equity show. So if the rules to get into equity are that you just have to have quote unquote worked professionally, why can't you take another gig that is a professional gig that may not be equity? Yeah, we all have to weird. make money here yeah. and there's not enough contracts to go around. Um, this person goes on to say, because I've reached out to equity when people have been like, well, We have, we have a stipend and the response is, if it's not an equity contract, then you can't take it. Um, this person also says they really need to fix that. They are going to open membership to anyone who has been paid because that should then vice versa mean that anyone that can pay should be able to acquire equity contracts, therefore making more equity theaters. And they say that literally they haven't worked since 2018 because of this. And at this point, it's absolutely no reason for them to be even in the union uh because they can't get health they can't insurance. Get gigs. Yeah. Take a gigs or health insurance. And that's, that's why the big one. People, yeah. It's the most, health
0: insurance. The
1: health insurance. People joined for the health insurance, but they just literally upped the qualifications. The yeah. The premium and your amount of weeks that you have had to work yep. to sixteen. Sixteen weeks in order to in,
0: in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone who is in Ratatouille is good.
1: <laughs> Apparently, yeah.
0: Okay, Lauren uh, is ready for us. Whenever you're ready.
1: Oh yes. Okay. Let's pull her on. Let's pull her on. We've got Lauren Kastrech. Okay. Well, welcome on Wines and Dolls. It's about time we Thank had you. you on. Well, I've got my wine. Yay! Oh yeah. doll. Like the
3: fish side. Hey, Lauren.
1: What are you? What are you drinking?
3: Oh, it's embarrassing to say. So I got, actually, I got a really nice bottle, this um, Conundrum wine. Have you ever had Conundrum? No. It's really good. Yeah. And I, I bought that at the store today, but then I also bought sort of like a knock around Gran Reserva Tora. Ooh. And whatever that is. <laughs> and my husband, I guess, decided he was having fancy Fridays, and he opened up the Conchitura, um at like, like 5 o'clock. So that's what I'm drinking. I'm not going to open up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like how it's fancy friday though that's nice i just made that term. no i like I it love that. Right? i love I that this is um
1: yeah.
0: oh my gosh
1: so we- <laughs> so jumping jumping right in let's just like into our time. we're gonna jump right in um we're just we're gathering reactions from equity and non-equity members about what's going on in the equity world, and we've already explained—we uh, we've been on our recording for a little bit. Uh, we've explained to our listeners what it means to be equity, how you get the points, uh, and what's now happening with the union. So, right. do you have any? Do you have any thoughts, opinions about good, bad, ugly? What's going on here?
3: Yeah. Uh gosh. But can I can I take like a fourth?
0: Take a fourth.
3: Like option. Yeah. I, it's confusing. Okay. Because uh, like everyone who I've talked to and every response that I've read on, you know, my Broadway friends on their Facebook pages and everyone's like back and forth talking about it, you know, they'll get into a conversation and there'll be one opinion and people say, yes, but, and everyone sort of agrees and then they disagree at the same time. And then everyone's while, You'll see a comment. That's like, I'm confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I feel like in some ways it, it could be a little ugly because I think that the, the crazy, um, restrictions and the, you know, points or having to get a job when, you know, it's hard to get an audition with equity, but then you have to be equity to get into the audition for equity. You know, it's that catch 22. Uh, However, I feel like that sort of uh, the ugly wall that was always up for non-equity members saved me and my friends in a lot of ways, because had we... Jumped over the wall. I'm going to stay stay with my analogy.
1: <laughs> had we jumped
3: over the wall too soon, we wouldn't have garnered all of the really important experience that we got in those non-equity tours and regional. Um, and had we just all of a sudden been in this pond with all the big fish, I think that we would have been a little lost. And those auditions were always open to us. You know, depending on how early you wanted to wake up and be in line to get <laughs> yeah. your name on the non-equity list. I mean, I would show up at. 5 30 in the morning to get my name on that list and then hang out and you couldn't leave yeah Couldn't trust anybody you couldn't write your name and then like head off No, you had to stay there and and sometimes you would stick around Until 5 p.m. When they said sorry, we're not seeing anybody from the list and then you would go off to your job And you were freaking exhausted But you could get in and I did end up getting in and I did end up getting an equity job and um, But it, it happened at the time when I think it was meant to happen and in the meantime, I worked so many cool, I did two non-equity tours, I did a bunch of non-equity regional, I did um, lots of operetta and stuff like that, that, yeah, they weren't ideal contracts. I never did the contract where you're um, you're building your own set every single day and breaking down the set every single day. You know, like the, um, what is it, TheaterWorks USA?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh I never gosh. did
3: one of those. But I did have to strike from time to time. And at one point I was doing, Uh, an operetta, this was Ohio Life Opera, Um, and we would do 10 shows a summer in rep, and you would open four new shows in a week. Wow. Like, complete, like, we're talking three hour long. Yeah. And you would stage them in two to three days, and then put up four shows in one week, and then we would strike at the end of the summer, and you would rehearse all day long, and then perform at night. And so, yeah, there were no union rules being abided by and we were getting paid like pennies Mm -hmm. and eating in the dining hall of the college in residence that we were at. Um, But I loved it and I learned so much. Mm -hmm. Like I would never, ever, ever trade those years,
1: never. That was like a a crash course in learning. Yeah, Yeah, because
3: you get out of college and you still know nothing. Mm -hmm. Because so often, I mean, there are a few college programs that are really up to snuff. And um, but if you're not in one of those and if you don't have a showcase, and you're really like meeting the real people you need to meet and, and learning just like the ins and outs of New York. It takes some time to like to figure out, hey like who you are, who like having to learn first you learn who you think you should be presenting to the casting directors, and then you learn to scrap all of that and just become who you are. But it took all those years to figure out who you were in the first place. <laughs> um, you know? And then by the time you sort of figure that out and you get your skills in line and you grow into yourself by living the hard life in New York for a few years, then you're ready. And then like, for most people, it just works out. You just, you get the contract, whether it be through building up your points or um, I was really lucky and I got cast into equity productions at the same time. Just.
0: I do want to point out, this is coming from Lauren Pastrick, who under who your undergrad was with CCM.
3: My undergrad was the Eastman was school, Eastman. Was it? it was like yeah. you oh, went yeah. to
0: Eastman, big Eastman Music School and then you went to CCM where Betsy Wolf went. and
3: yeah, I was in like dance classes and acting classes. yeah, Betsy Wolf, Ashley Brown.
0: and then and you're saying, and you're coming out saying, I still did not know much and still needed those. So the same training from these big Broadway stars sure that are still up there right now. It, Lauren has gone through and you've also you you are you're the wonder study that we talked about in marvelous wonderettes yeah yeah that yeah. it's it's like you have had these large contracts but you're saying it does take time to build up to that point for when the time comes for you um
3: Man, you think you're such like can I swear on? This? yeah, yeah of, course. of course oh my god please. Oh, you think you're such hot shit <laughs> getting out of school and then you show up in New York and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know
1: anything. Mm-hmm. My God.
3: And uh, my cousin, I'm cousins with Nancy Anderson, who if you don't know who she is, look her up. She's really cool. She's done a bunch of stuff on Broadway, um, but she told me that you have to be there for at least 10 years mm-hmm. before you are really A, ready and B, know enough people. And then you just like, that's when you can be assured that your career is really going to blossom. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to New York until I was almost 26. and so when 10 years hit, I was like, see ya, I'm gonna go back home and start a family. So I never got to that point, but um, yeah, there's a lot of like different opinions, but I do think that if you're one of those special people who there's just that perfect role out there for you and you, you're gonna book it, you know, if you have the drive and you show up to all of those um, open calls where they see some non equity people, you're, you're going to book it Mm -hmm. if if you're who they want. And so I know that this whole change is all about like being more inclusive. Um, I think that that's really up to casting directors and that's up to theaters for programming diverse seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you're just going to program like very whitewashed seasons, there's nothing that the union can do about that to create the jobs.
1: Right. They can offer the opportunity to, for everybody to join, but if the seasons are not Offering up what we need. Well, how how do you feel this is going? This is going to change. If like this influx of green people are coming in, how is this going to change the industry? Is it at or all? How do you think? Because
3: right. Well, I do think that it's going to saturate auditions a lot more. I mean, it was already tricky as an equity member. Like if there was a really popular call,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, sometimes it was tricky to get a slot, and. Um, And I think that if they aren't willing to, like if um, casting houses aren't willing to buy more days in an audition studio, it will be harder to get in for a show. Um, I think that there's a possibility of, if there's more actors fighting for more jobs and demanding the union for these jobs, there's a possibility that they could create more tiers and lower tiers of contracts. You know, it was in the past, what, 20 years or something that that all these new tiers have sort of arrived of touring companies and the lord tiers yeah and um it it could be that they create even more sort of ultra low budget tiers and then sure more people will get equity contracts but will it be paying them a living wage i don't know right
1: maybe more of those those non-equity theaters might decide to become equity theaters if that's the case with the lower lower budget i don't know
3: Yeah, possibly, but I also think that, yeah, it was just a financial thing in the first place. I mean, it's not like anyone strives to be non-union. Right. (laughs) They they are a non-union tour and a non-union house because they can't afford to be otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so they value presenting art and theater to the community more than, you know, following a set of rules. And a lot of them are very fair to actors. Even when I did um, a non equity tour, that you know, I was getting 500 a week and there were one nighters, and I mean, I still never felt like I was being treated inhumanely. Mm-hmm. I was young and I loved it, it was so exciting. Um, yeah, and again, like they didn't do it because they were like, we're gonna be horrible non union people. Oh, they just, they just <laughs> and, and think of the thousands of people around the country who benefited from seeing those shows with talented New York actors mm-hmm. um, that they wouldn't have seen otherwise because they were in Paducah, Kentucky. You know, right? But they get these shows and they get to see them at an affordable ticket price because they maybe can't travel to New York and pay three hundred dollars a ticket.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point.
3: So I don't know. Like maybe I'm breaking it down to like too much base like reality
1: but. no I think I think you just put a sparkling wine on <laughs> on everything. this whole thing yes thank you for that because <laughs> <Yeah>, <Sure. laughs>
3: uh, other things um I mean I think that maybe yeah it'll just for young people coming straight out of college it might put them in a bad position it might put them in a place where all of a sudden they didn't they thought that they were doing the right thing by joining the union and in the end, they realized that they, they just cut themselves out of a lot of opportunities, um, and they're not working at all. And they didn't maybe get the guidance to tell them to wait, because people were like, join the union. But what are really the benefits of being in the union? The only benefit of being in the union when you're auditioning is getting one foot closer in the door. You know, you can already get in the building, but, like, you can be further ahead in line. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's not like you can pay for like health insurance. I mean, there, 70 to 80%, I'm making this number up, but 70 to 80% of union members still don't get health insurance because they don't make their weeks. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's not like there's a benefit that you're getting. I mean, if you want to carry like a cute plastic card in your wallet and be like, equity member, that's great. But I mean, let's let's be honest. And I mean, Emily, we talked about yes, this. Yes, we talked earlier. about it
0: yesterday a little bit. <laughs> I,
3: Think this is uh, I'm gonna like I hope I don't get like kicked out of the union for saying this, but I think that a lot of people maybe had to stop paying their dues over the past year or so. Um, some people maybe had to make a big decision in their life and join a different industry. Maybe even just you know waiting tables or something just to to make a living. I know a lot of people who lost everything, mm-hmm. who lost their homes, um, who lost all their savings. It's all gone, um, and they had to make that hard choice of. It, am I going to eat this month or am I going to pay my equity dues? Yeah. And so uh, it might be, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it might just be like an order to make money.
1: That's what we so opened this, this episode. We're going to
3: get a new influx, <laughs> yeah. a new influx of dues to help pay our It's
1: bills. the general consensus right now. And um, we ha- we did have- And I just, I yeah. know that
3: Kate Chindle is just going to come like to my house with the torch. <laughs>
0: No. That's, that's what we're gonna yeah, sorry kate kate. <laughs> kate, uh, kate if you're listening to this podcast we would love to have you as a guest honestly okay, like wonderland or something
1: <laughs> honestly um, i would be surprised if anybody listens to this and says we have to kick her out of the union yeah I don't, that's not it's not gonna happen well, like, and no, i think
3: and, uh, we all have to do what we have to do right and and yes it could benefit some people And, and it would probably, uh, fix a lot of ill will with young actors who are just so frustrated at the same time, just like student loan forgiveness, you know, as soon as they have student loan forgiveness and that person who just paid their last check after owing student loans for 20 years, is going to be like, well, gosh, darn it. Like I just paid all of that. And now this person who just graduated doesn't have to pay anything. It's not fair. Um, so there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's actually a great analogy. Um, because part of me feels like (laughs) the double-handed drinking of the wine. I love it. Um, I do feel like part of it is, is it possible that they're getting these dues, this influx of dues to potentially do some sort of give back to better, to like, to fix what has gone wrong during, um, during the pandemic where they couldn't, they couldn't offer anything. But now if we have more people, now we can offer something. It's kind of a weird sharing of wealth.
3: So if they did a, a 360 or 180 or whatever direction, it would some be, direction, and took this new influx of money, and sure paid their or their rent, yeah, um, but then uh, created some sort of like fund, like there was the shoe fund. There's always been the shoe fund, and then there's like the you know you can go and like get a vaginal exam. Yeah. I don't remember which one that was called,
1: but I totally used it. The, the, um, there's a shoe fund, the and there is a... Fund. The union wow. vag fund. The vaginal
0: exam the, fund. The <laughs> fund.
1: The union uniral. <laughs>
3: Uterus
0: something? That's a good <laughs> one. You're no, You're there is like that. Uh,
3: but if they then created a fund that, if this is the direction they're going, which is wonderful, and it's like, you know, the, the BIPOC, like, uh, support fund, mm-hmm. and and someone who's finding, like, I'm having a really hard time, you know, getting those jobs. But uh, I, I'm a legit working actor, and it, there's just a, a quiet time because my type isn't being cast. Like that's something they can apply for, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Like equity has always helped their actors. You just have to sort of dig deep and figure out how to get that help. And so if they can um, specify, like, yes, this this amount of money is for this group of people that we are trying to include, um, sure, that's wonderful.
0: We just crossed our fingers that that is the hopefully the, that's
1: the we're, we're going to be pe- uh optimistic that that's the goal here I can't
3: imagine how hard it is yeah you know to, to, to make those be, decisions well not only because it's decisions to be a, but to be a person who looks a certain way to where 80 percent of the jobs they just they think well i'm not right for that because i look a certain way mm. i mean i fight enough against it just like oh well you know, I lost back to back. I lost three Broadway shows because I was too tall, and that was that was the note that came back to my agent. You know, I had been in round after round after round of auditions, been in front of the like the table of the twelve producers, and yeah, I was too tall. So if if it was also like you're too tall and your skin isn't the right color,
1: there's those you are literally change. things yeah. you can't change. Yeah. No. <sighs>
3: and so yeah, until we can see until casting can see a leading lady as six feet tall or, you know, a person of color
1: Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) in, you know, once Guinevere can be black,
1: then,
3: then everything, like people will have a fair playing
1: field. All right. That's it. And And
3: I support it 100% because honestly, I am so sick of seeing the same people cast in the same roles
1: Amen. Thank you. From the beginning of time. And I, I think I feel like if Lynn Manuel just like did a masterclass on casting for every casting agent in town, we, we would be yeah. clear. Because
3: then, I mean, you, you know, they're always wanting to revive shows, but it's like, why are you reviving? it? It's just gonna look the same as it looked. Yeah. Like. Like, revive a show and color it a totally different way. Like, look So different and, and like change the location and suddenly you have a new show and we can see it in a new light. You have to be more creative in their programming and directors have to be more creative. In
1: Agreed. And
3: that will include more
1: people. We need, But I don't think that
3: a big, like, union decision is going to change
1: anything. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So a, a couple other things that I was sort of thinking yeah. of
3: with this conversation. Um, I was going to tell you a story about uh, my father. So my parents are both professional musicians. It actually goes all the way back in my family. Mm-hmm. Like we can trace back, like... Back to, you know, my great-grandpa traveling in the Buffalo Bill Wild West.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. I know Whoa. your mom's in no, the oh, symphony. I've some really crazy stories. Lauren, yeah, so, but, <laughs> we're going to have to have a bottle of wine soon. Uh, sounds good. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, I'll join. My
3: parents uh, recently retired from the Houston Symphony where uh, my father played for 50 years and my mom played for 46 years, and that's where they met. Oh. And, uh,
1: yeah, and my
3: dad started out in Chicago, and uh, he was telling me, because I, I was like, Papa. I, you know I'm doing some research on unions and how did you get into the Union and he said honestly it was 1957 and I went into the the local musicians hall in Chicago and they had said you know just bring your instrument and he is a bass player like an upright like, double bass player um, but he also played a little bit of drums And so he didn't feel like lugging his base down to the union hall, because (laughs) who wants to do that? So he brought a set of drumsticks and he said, honestly, he knew that that panel of old geezers uh, at the union hall, they were literally only holding the auditions so that they could get money from the larger union for their time. Mm. And that they were just going to let anybody in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it's always been flawed. So he said he walked in there with his drumsticks and one of the guys played a Sousa march on the piano while he tapped along with his drumsticks on the side of the piano. And that's how he got into the union in 1957.
1: Oh my God. And and he had to pay them. And he had to pay them.
3: (laughs) There was no actual thing if he was legit. Mm -hmm. They didn't even hear him play bass. So it's always been flawed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Just tap I mean, on the I mean, I can piano.
1: do that. I can, somebody <laughs> hand me some drums. I'm like, okay, let's ready, let's go. Well, things
3: have just changed in general in the business, like my mom got into the Houston Symphony. Now, get this. This is so racy. She was playing with, she started out in the Louisville uh, Orchestra, oh. which she only got in. She was playing in it while she was in college. She only got in because her uncle was the conductor, her mom and dad were in the viola section, her aunt was the principal cellist, and her other aunt was in the violin section, so got in. Um, but so she got in she she did legit she got into the Dallas Symphony and then Houston Symphony was on tour and they came through Dallas and she heard that there was an opening and so she went to the conductor's hotel room <laughs> and played some concertos for him in his hotel, hotel room and she got on the bus oh
0: <laughs> she got the job and she got on the bus
1: oh my goodness wait yeah, your mom did like, that yes <laughs> what <laughs>
0: That's how she got into the Houston Symphony. Your mom is literally the coolest human and the sweetest <laughs> human I have ever met. What do you
3: She's like a little lamb. She's like a little Pollyanna lamb. And she was like, Well, I just went to his hotel room and I played him some of my pieces. And I got it. She's, oh, so-, She's so sweet.
1: Oh And oh, now
3: it's like people are fighting tooth and nail yeah. behind screens like multiple uh times that they have to go and play for everybody. And they still don't get in. I brought my violin to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> go
0: find his hotel room and then see what happens
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was seventy. <laughs> oh my goodness oh my
0: gosh that's so cute oh my gosh your mom yeah. i can't i like and i can just see her like envision her telling this story and just being like <laughs> she was so
3: innocent. but you know uh, uh getting back to
0: present yes A. present day we're out of um, 1970 or 1957 <laughs> oh, too bad <laughs> too bad <laughs> But
3: uh, the the other unions, it would be interesting to see how they respond to this. Because there has been um, very similar rules, um, like AGMA Mm -hmm. to get in, you have to have an AGMA contract. SAG to get in, you have to have a SAG contract. So it's it's very much the same. And I wonder if they will respond with something similar for similar reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I wonder if they will, sort of take away that open access policy between unions because right now as it is once you're an equity member then if you pay a certain amount you can become a segment member and you can become an AG member mm-hmm. um i wonder if vice that versa. is going to stop
0: that's true we kind of we were talking about Agma and how to get in and much like the musician um ec- our musician union of how it seems like this open access is very similar to them But um, I think about SAG and I get seen at SAG auditions purely because they saw my headshot and they want to see me and it's all virtual. So at that point, the casting director isn't losing anything, but maybe two seconds of their time when they see my slate and they're like, oh, we don't like her by based on her name. But. I don't, and I don't know, I'm not very well versed in SAG, but I'm like, do they, are they required to watch the entire video for anyone who is SAG? No, probably not. This is all virtual right now for films. So I'm like, I, I, in my, I, I would keep putting in my opinion, here's my opinion. Um, from what I am gathering from not being like the nine and all this is, they, I feel like they might turn more into that SAG world where they will keep the virtual auditions as well. So they they have to see people, but I think they're going to realize they don't like there's no accountability.
3: I see virtual auditions across the board mm-hmm. sticking around. You know that was how Tets did their auditions, like the, the beginning of them. Uh, I I think that when it comes to saving money on space, and also if we're still going to have to be safe with whatever variants we have coming. Um, I see that, that that's going to stick around for a
1: while. And I where's think... the accountability? And, and
3: then, uh, sadly, like we're we're losing all the the studios in New York. Like,
1: right. Like, we like,
3: Nola shut down. I'm sure a whole bunch of them are shutting yeah. down. Yeah. So that's sad because it's like it's a new.
1: We as as the actors submitting videos, we can see how long those videos have been watched. So, casting directors, they they need to hire more. That I mean, that in itself is going to create more jobs because we and need casting more casting. Directors. We need more casting directors to be able to watch all this influx of videos coming in from all over the place.
3: But that goes back to what Emily is. Saying. Right? Like, are they required to watch the Are they for non-SAG members or non-equity members? Maybe not. Right. Like, I probably not. Like they have to watch the full equity.
1: I know a few equity people I know who did not want to be named who haven't had their videos fully watched. And that's going to be an issue. Like they're going to have to take that up with equity to make sure that those companies are watching. So it's, it's, it's going to be an issue. I think it's, it's an exciting new world that we don't know how to necessarily navigate yet. Um, but I, I love that, that we can, yeah, I can send a video into Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. They're not going to necessarily watch it, but it's I there. I do that. It's there. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, uh, but it, I, the accountability is going to be interesting in the future. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that maybe that opens up some more doors for more, uh, yeah, job, cause jobs.
3: Because at least in person in New York, like they had to listen to your full 16. Yeah. Or they had to make the announcement ahead of time, like, sorry, ladies, there's 500 of you here today, so we're only going to be hearing eight.
0: Five.
1: Oh, that was always fun mm-hmm.
3: when you brought your song that like couldn't possibly be cut down to eight bars and you just end up going ah yep. <laughs> there you go like that is that is only one step better than being in the line stepping forward saying your name your height and then doing a double pirouette on the right side and the left side and then stepping back into the line. <laughs> and yes I had to do that a lot
0: that does not and, shock I mean,
3: me I mean, you can do pirouettes till the cows come home class, but the second you're in that situa- situation, mm situation, mm-hmm. You're going to jump. You're going to jump. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then at the same time, like, OK, the virtual auditions, is that going to weed out people who just can't handle it on stage? Like, you get into an audition studio, and you're being put to the test with the nerves, because mm-hmm. nerves are a real part of the job. Mm-hmm. And so you can tape and tape and tape and tape until you have the perfect take and send that in. But they're not actually seeing who you are. Yeah. Like if you're a person who chokes on this note all but
1: that one time time
3: out of 20, then should you get the job? True. No. You have to be able to do it at 9am in the morning when you've been waiting outside since 6. Yep. And then you can do it every night on Broadway.
0: Yeah. Which makes me wonder. Because
3: you've got to be that invincible, weird unicorn person. (laughs) Yeah,
0: unicorn person who can do (laughs) alphabet like (laughs) randomly at the top of the time. Yeah. I think about – Jessica Vosk, okay. Well, yeah, okay, Jessica Vosk. (laughs) What what did Jenna Lee say? She's like, that is just like, she's like a freak of a human when it comes to just voice things. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Lauren, do you have any, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Do you have any parting thoughts?
3: Parting thoughts? Parting thoughts on
0: this whole situation. Okay,
3: Um, this brings me to um, a moment in When Harry Met Sally, when Carrie Fisher turns to Bruno Kirby and says please tell me i'll never have to go out there again and he says you'll never have to go out there again i'll be out there again you know what i'm saying it makes me feel so glad that i did that and i'm done <laughs> please tell me i never have to go out there again no don't bang me wrong like i loved i loved every moment of it i loved all the heartbreak and i loved all the exciting times like i met people who i never would have met like Oh, I, don't, I mean, I'll just be humble bragging if I tell you, but like, I met the most incredible people who I shouldn't have met. Um,
0: Going from non egg to egg. Like, being in your non egg. Taking
3: world. the time, yes, yes. Taking the time to do the steps. And I still, like, I, I had the ride of a lifetime.
0: I want to know one and of those. I will
3: have up. all the stories to tell on my grandchildren, and I would not change a thing, but tell me I'll never have to be out there again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just. I love that. There's
3: so many young people coming out of school every year. And and right now, not a lot of jobs. So my heart goes out to all my friends out there still and and who have, again, lost everything. And it's just been the hardest time for them. So um, and I know that the people of Actors' Equity are going through the same hard time. And so if this decision is going to save our union, aha, here is the final word. If this decision saves the union from shutting their doors
1: then it is the right decision.
0: Okay. Oh, Amen. That was lovely. Thank you so much,
1: Lauren. We have a couple of other opinions. They're essentially all the same, but I want them to be heard. This one yeah. is another anonymous. This person lives in New York. Anonymous, and is Anonymous. Anonymous. This person is EMC, not that is equity member candidate. So I'm here to post about the equity post. I am in... EMC and boy, do I have some feelings, a lot of confusion about whether it's the right move to join the union. It feels like a money grab. Oh my God, we've heard that word a lot. Yeah,
0: that's all, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And not actually them trying to be more inclusive because there's still the initiation fee that makes it classist. And if you can't afford it, then you can't join, which just means it will be a large influx of white people joining. Also, until we fix the whole system of the theater world surrounding People of color, all it is going to do is have more BIPOC fighting to get cast in the two roles available in the season, which is a lot like what Lauren was talking about. Um, Pastric. Lauren Pastrick was yeah. was saying, yes. Um, also, give me a second. Are they really be going to be more inclusive? The union currently doesn't do a good job of protecting their people how are they supposed to take on an abundance of more people? And also a lot of equity houses aren't even able to stay equity anymore for budget reasons, which means less opportunity for equity members to have more uh, and then we have an influx of all these more equity members, but also being non-union sucks ass getting paid 250 a week to do West side story is absurd. When you have a five week run, a show that is requiring a lot of physical stam- stamina and rehearsal hours to not even be paid minimum wage in the long run is awful. If we could get better treatment as non-union, a lot more people would be willing to stay non-union. Good point. Yeah, that is a good point. I'm like, uh, yeah. This, this, uh, this person says, thank you for coming to my Ted talk, okay. And we do have an, uh, another, actually, I don't think I asked if this person wanted to remain. I'll no, we'll just keep
0: it anonymous.
1: I'm going to keep this person anonymous as well. This is a BIPOC actor. Um, I don't know how I feel exactly. What I do know is, and this person is non-equity. What I do know is if the AEA is attempting to make membership more accessible without implementing policies that benefit those that they were originally trying to keep out, ahem, BIPOC folks, folks that are othered. They're only creating a quote unquote, more inclusive system that will leave these new quote unquote, more diverse members unable to work while constantly putting money into an organization. They won't really benefit from it's a parasitic relationship. Also, where was this plan in June of 2020? What's the actual plan? question mark question mark question mark and then i did have another person ask um if i join actors equity will i be able to still take agma contracts with Mm. with the houston grand opera and that's a that's a good question and i i thought that's an interesting question because if you are equity are you able to take agma because if you're agma you can take equity that does i don't know that's interesting I know. She She was very concerned that she wouldn't be able to do anything else with Agma. It's, yeah. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of the, what's that song? Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines. Yeah, yeah I think so. And I do have, I have a voice message from Trevor Martin who is a, a friend of mine who's been living up in New York for quite a while. He was a classical
2: That I actually
1: shared from the yes. Ah! Okay. okay. Uh, Trevor Martin is a a singer-actor in New York. Um, He's Equity. He was Agma, I believe, and transitioned from opera to musical theater. So bear with me while I play this video or play this thing. Yesterday said exactly the same thing that I had said since the
2: day before when I got this email originally. But um, yeah, that's the deal. I mean, Equity is already shat on us all this entire pandemic year right and it was happening even before that they were excluding so many things from us so many tours were moving to be non-union tours a lot of Theatres weren't able to afford to do as many equity contracts. So this was before the pandemic. Everything was very, very tough. Um, Health insurance was difficult to get, but it was manageable. And then during the pandemic, they ran out of money, which makes sense because no one's working. So they're not getting anything. They weren't accepting dues. And our health insurance went away in the middle of a global health crisis when we couldn't work. We were no longer able to have health insurance, which is a huge thing and health insurance is one of the main reasons why many people join that union because as you know it is very difficult to have an employment uh where you can actually get insurance as an actor or as a singer so that's our way to do it um so that's a big issue that was happening before all of this they were still asking for dues from us the entire pandemic which is fucked because where am i i I'm, we're all unemployed you know we are so why am i supposed to pay you those things it's insulting that they would even ask but it's all, again, this all leads into the fact that they're broke and they need money. And so that has all been happening leading up into this. And then yesterday happened, or this this week happened. And it just goes to show that they are out of money. And this is a simple way to prey on the young, inexperienced actors that think that equ- joining equity is all that matters.
1: Ooh, there's a, there's a lot more here to unpack. Um, yeah there's there's several he actually he goes on for quite a bit of time here um but that's a that's a lot to unpack in itself right there agree yeah. like there's uh, there's a lot where um
0: i think about what i had to pay dues for and i mean i'm paying for my hoa that they haven't done what they promised and I pay for my HAR for real estate. And there's really nothing that they can do because, I mean, we weren't allowed to go into people's houses, but we still had to pay the dues. I feel like equity right now is caught between um, a hard pla- a rock and a hard place. And I like when Lauren said it's one of those things where if it's going to save the union to better the lives for actors in the future and the past, then, it, then, it, then they did make the right decision.
1: Sure. I I feel though, a lot of people, um, because he, he does go on to talk about this a little bit more. There has not been an open discussion about what's happened in the pandemic. they actors have not been able to openly discuss that with the union and nobody's nobody's just nobody's talked about where that money's gone. That in turn is where it gets a little bit iffy is because people don't know where their money's going why am I paying dues when I'm not benefiting from it? But I see where I absolutely see what you're saying as far as the, the socialism pot, right. The benefiting other people that are, that are hurt within the union. I just don't know. And until there's an open discussion about it, we, none of us do. Yeah. So that's, that's what they marched. Remember when that March happened, Mm -hmm. they wanted to know where the dues were going. That's why that happens. And
0: that's the anger. It's like the anger isn't in like, well, I'm not going to pay my dues because I don't know what you're doing with them. I feel like the anger comes from, I mean, that is it. It's the anger of like, I don't want to pay my dues. It's telling me where it's going, but.
1: It's allow me to work elsewhere. If you're not going to, if if you're going to, if you're going to tell me I have to pay my dues, allow me to work outside of equity contracts because there are things happening that I can get paid for right now as an actor that you won't let me get paid for because I'm an equity actor. That's frustrating. And that's a, that's a catch 22 there. Like I'm equity, but we're in a pandemic, but there's other ways of me making money that the equity association will not let me take advantage of. And that's true. And that's, and and that's that's bullshit. And that is bullshit. In the end, we don't know. We don't know what the right answer is and we will, we won't know but I got to go. We both have to go. We're like, well, fuck. (laughs) Thank um, you all for your opinions. Yes, we we appreciate appreciate that. We do. And with that, I'm Chelsea. (laughs) I'm Emily.
0: (laughs) And this has been
1: a very special edition of Wines Wines and and Dolls. dolls. (laughs) Bye. Bye.